Hey, welcome to Comic Syllabus for Kids, Teens, and In-Betweens. I am Teacher Dad, one of your hosts, and my other host is right here with me. And why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm co-host kid, I'm Daddy's co-host, and <laughs> right here is my co-host, Dasho the Bunny. <laughs> Dashiell the Bunny, how you doing? Dashiell the Bunny. Dashiell will not actually be reviewing any comics, but we will. And the comics that we will be reviewing include not comics, actually. <laughs> yep. So we got two big titles um, headlining us today. You want to tell us about the first pair? Yes. Well, the first pair um, is not comics, and as we were talking about books for kids, teens, and in-betweens. Today we're going to be talking about books for kids, teens, and Doreen Greens, because <laughs> our first two novels are the novelizations, or is that how you use that word? Uh, it could be. It could be. I think it works. Novelizations. Of Squirrel Girl. Yes. Which, if you don't know, I've said this multiple times, we're huge fans of her uh-huh. on this podcast, yes, and um, her her secret identity is Doreen Green. Don't yeah. tell. Don't tell. The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Two novelizations written by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale. The first one entitled The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Meets World. I had to slow down. Yes. <laughs> Be sure yes. to see it for that one. And the second one being uh, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Too Fuzzy too furious so we'll talk about both of those books which i have not read but thankfully co-host kid will provide all the deets as we uh, as we uh, squee over squirrel squirrel girl and then we'll be talking about a new graphic novel by christina diaz gonzalez and gabriela epstein called invisible and it's uh, yeah. a graphic novel from Scholastic's Graphics Line. We'll also just talk about some of the stuff that we've been reading and watching because this podcast is about comics and comics-affiliated media for kids, teens, and in-betweens. And uh, we have with us an in-between <laughs> in co-host kid. And I am a teacher. And if you don't know what this podcast is, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um Yay. Oh, co-host Dasho just came to say hi. <laughs> the Dasho is our bunny, and uh, he likes, while we're hanging out in his room, which we are right now, to come and just lick our toes. <laughs> it's like a, a very welcome distraction. So if during uh, during if any time during this podcast we randomly pause, it's not because we ran out of things to say. It's because our toes are probably getting licked by our third third chair over here. Yep, our third. <laughs> All right. Our, our, very sweet little Dasha. A very sweet little animal. Speaking of sweet little animals, uh, companions, let's talk about Tippy Toe and, uh, <laughs> and Doreen Green. Nice. Um, now, you are a big fan of Squirrel Girl, as anybody who's listened to this podcast knows. Um, and you have been um, super kind of into rereading Squirrel Girl lately, including, uh, you know, all of the comic run that we got from Ryan North and Erica Henderson, and then um, later on, Derek Charm was the mm-hmm. artist. So you've reread pretty much all of that? Is that right? Yeah. And um, and then, you know, your fandom has also extended to seeing Squirrel Girl in appearances on, oh, what was that name of that animated show? That Marvel Rising. Marvel Rising. Um, we are petitioning, hashtag, 
MCU Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Hashtag Squirrel Girl Boops Marvel Universe. <laughs> come which, on, come on, Feige. Yes, which if you know me at all, I have my own podcast um, slash newsletter um, website on Substack. Mm-hmm. And we had a joke about Squirrel Girl just like the next huge villain and then Squirrel Girl just jumps in at the end of the movie and just boop. Yeah. And then I, they the bad guy just like falls over. Squirrel Girl and Squirrel Girl boops the MCU. Boops. I I feel like that's the uh ending of uh Secret Wars. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. I'm that's what sure. they're leaving that's what they're leading up to. Yeah, yeah. Big announcement. Spoiler. <laughs> yep, sorry. So um it's gonna so, be like gonna be like spoilers if you haven't seen infinity war um like when they call captain marvel at the end yes yeah the captain you're marvel just gonna pager. see like like a squirrel tail and it's gonna be like yeah the marvel universe we called it nick fury's like half dead lying on the ground and then he uh picks up like a nut and then <laughs> you're like oh, oh it's time okay well the squirrel girl fandom is real Yes. I want to know from you. Okay, I think this is the question for me, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about the comics that is so distinctly Ryan North. I, I just don't know if anyone else could write Squirrel Girl quite as well. Of course, Doreen's appeared in various like West Coast Avengers and various mm-hmm. other comics in the hands of some very capable writers. But no one seems to have quite that yeah. same... Um, Je ne sais quoi. No, that's <laughs> that same flavor, that same humor. Uh, how do Shannon Hale and Dean Hale, who are the authors of what do they write? Princess in Black. I think they did. A, mm-hmm. uh, Shannon Hale did a Wonder Woman yeah. comic. Whole bunch of great stuff. Yeah. How did they do with uh, with Doreen and Friends? I think they did pretty good. Um, there's again, it's pretty much impossible to make the same humor as Ryan North. Yeah. But um, they captured Doreen's main personality mm-hmm. um, with just her enthusiasm and her awesomeness. Yeah. 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 So they, got the, they got the tone pretty good. They, they got yeah. the personality. A little bit less good. humor. Yeah. Humor oriented. Yeah. Humor, humorous. Would you say they're more of like kind of like adventurous? novels no because it still has like a happier upbeat feel to it uh-huh. it's just less outright jokes that oh, because if you've ever read squirrel girl mm-hmm. it's like a page that's mostly dialogue mm-hmm. the, a dialogue that's mostly jokes and then <laughs> if and then you have to cram more jokes, <laughs> at least five jokes, on the bottom of the page right. in tiny lettering. Right. And then, and then before that. and after the issue begins and ends, there's yes. like tiny jokes all over the place. Yeah, there's a whole social media feed of jokes. There's sight gags. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to cram that much humor into, um, into prose. Now, what would you say is the reading level of this book? Is it kind of challenging for a sixth grader? Is it fairly easy? Is it more of a, a, a kid, like a element, mid-elementary school or middle grade? What, do you, what would you say? I think it wasn't too much of a challenge to tackle. Okay. But I, I started this book a while ago, and I didn't have, like, I couldn't really finish it. Yeah, I would say, like, two years ago, maybe? Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So, maybe... 
not for maturity, but just because of like length, length and <laughs> stamina. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just like around my age. Okay, which would be nine, like 11, 12 10, year old. Yeah. 11, 12, 12, 13, 14, 15. I mean, anyone older than 12 is def is probably going to like this book, okay. but all right. Just saying. So, w- plot-wise, we got two novels. Mm-hmm. They're they're separate, right? Each is its own kind of adventure. It's not. Oh uh, like no, a it's series. related. Oh, are they connected? It's not like a cliffhanger at the end of book one, but uh-huh. the characters are the same, and it feels like you're picking up where you left off. Oh, and are we dealing with the same characters in the comics? Nancy Whitehead, Tippy, uh, Chipmunk Hunk, uh, uh, Brian. <laughs> no, oh. this is um, from before she went to college. Oh, I see. So this is in. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's still in the same town, but it's in the town she lived in before she went to college, and I she's see. middle school, high schoolish. Oh, okay. Because we do learn at the beginning of the comic that she has moved to New York to go to Empire State University, mm-hmm. the famous Empire State University. Yeah, I think she's in New only Jersey. Only exists in the Marvel universe. Oh, is she in New Jersey? She might be. That's great. That's awesome. That that's a that will be a a squirrel girl, another squirrel girl, uh, Miss Marvel connection. Yeah, that's the case. So okay, so she grows up, and what happens? What's the sort of the main uh, plot? What's the main conflict? Uh, in, it's kind of world? about her like discovering herself because mm-hmm. when we, because um, squirrel girl in the beginning, it's basically just like her being awesome and eating nuts and kicking butts yes yeah uh as her slogan says (laughs) um and it's mostly about how she like got to this that point okay um and so it's kind of an origin story yeah a little bit it's like the origin story part of what i liked about her is that she didn't have an origin story Uh and she just kind of showed up and was awesome yeah but i don't mind the origin story i think it just adds to her character that's interesting that's interesting. And what is the origin story? Like, you know, uh, what's the main, uh, you know, trials that she has to overcome, if that's fair? Yeah, well, she moves into a new neighborhood mm. with no friends, and she has to leave behind all her squirrel friends oh. that were in wherever she lived wherever before. She lived before. I, I don't want to, They probably say it, but <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. So she's moving to a new place. That's the yeah. the whole book is she's moving to a new place. Well, yeah, it's kind of just like her being new there and adjusting mm-hmm. and finding herself, and then having to, a setback, and she has to regain confidence and stuff, oh, and then okay, and she finds a friend named Anna Sophia. Anna Sophia, yeah, yes, just thumbing through the book now. Yeah, okay, and yeah. she's deaf and uh-huh. awesome and. Uh-huh. I see them texting each other. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. There's, uh, this book has a lot of, like, a bit of, like, multimedia, too. Uh Like, some text, some threads. They do that more in the second book, but there are texts in the first book, too. Cool. And is the second book, same characters, but different adventure, kind of? Mm-hmm. Second book being Too Fuzzy, Too Furious. So... Yes. What's the plot line there? Um, the second book is... It's more mostly still about the same things, and but it's also kind of about her trying to balance her Doreen life and her Squirrel Girl life. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> I 
by the way, we're touching on one of the running uh, commentaries that that the co-host kid and I have, which is that one of the hardest questions that you ask a kid, which is actually we we always think is an easy question, is summarize this for me. <laughs> summarizing is actually really hard because you have to take a long thing and turn it into a short thing by knowing exactly what are the most important things that you can tell and yet tell it without all the detail that the author has the luxury of, of sticking into the, uh, the full text. Yes. Uh, so I'm asking her to summarize a very, um, uh, I would say, unconventionally told story because as I'm flipping through this book, yes, indeed, there is a lot of, like, uh, you know, expected scenes of dialogue and description, but also parts that look like a script or a text thread or, you know, yeah. different mixed media stuff. But, um that, I think, is how you get the humor and the tone of, of True Squirrel Girl, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but indeed, uh, Anna Sophia is her good friend through all this. I'm really intrigued by these stories being, um, you know, pre-comics. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is, like, canonical, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I yeah, think so. This is the actual origin. Also, huh? um, yeah, she meets Tippy-Toe. Oh. In oh. this book. Done a big reveal. Yeah, because uh-huh. she's been, moves into a new place, and it's like, and I think she, I don't remember where she lived, but it was far away, so, mm-hmm. like, her squirrel friends couldn't come with her. Yeah. Which is why Tipito could come with her to college. Yeah. Because, yeah. we're right there. Yeah. Well, if, uh, is there anything about the book you didn't like, or that just felt um, maybe a little out of place, or out of character, or? I think so i think most the big issue was just that it was missing like that humor mm. that very specific ryan north humor like he feels like he's trying not to be funny <laughs> yeah and this felt like they're trying to be funny interesting interesting yeah which yeah. isn't bad no it's trying to be funny is still funny but yeah yeah it's not failing to be funny but and and it's a different medium there's something about comics yeah. that really you can pull off kind of some gags that are are pretty hard to do mm-hmm. in quite the same way in, in prose. Oh, they do have these footnotes. Oh, they do? Which are um, basically Squirrel Girl reading the book along with you. Oh, okay. Kind of like future now Squirrel Girl. That's funny. Which brings up a whole question about breaking the fourth wall and stuff, but <laughs> anyway. Well, I, I'm on a page that... Um, you mentioned that uh, these books will have these long lists of different names of squirrels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Once a book, there's like a whole chapter, basically, that's just squirrel names. Yeah. Like three pages. <laughs> well, let me just... read this. Tippy-toe, said the scanner. This is from Two Fuzzy, Two Furious. Fuzz Fountain Cortez. Curd Spiderway. <laughs> Cartwheel Kate. Elbow Heidzenfer. Stink Pamper Shield. <laughs> And it goes on like that for, for five pages. pages. What's funny is you were also listening to these yes, in audiobook. I was listening to it on audiobook, and it's literally almost six minutes long. And I'm just like, what is happening? Well, we compared it to is we recently watched um, Parks and Rec, awesome show. Mm-hmm. But they would do these uh, runs of alts, they called yes. them, where they would like, just the writers would have brainstormed a million, you know, dumb gags and different ideas. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the, the, um, the characters on the show would just run through all these different yeah, like yeah. like band names and it would like it would show their faces yeah. in a talking head yeah, yeah and they would say one and it would cut and they're in the same place but it's, it just gives you a feeling of like listing on and on 
and some of them were really long. Yes. It was like, says something ridiculous, cut, says something ridiculous, cut. And it's just like, it's really funny. Yeah. Oh, it would be fun to be, uh, you know, Shannon and, and Dean Hill sitting there just trying to think of these together. <laughs> look at look, Calendar Earl, Kurt, Pound of Guts, <laughs> Table Carver Tito, Chomp Style, Millicent the Uncouth, Emo Pat. Sean Swing Singer. <laughs> it goes on and on. It's pretty great. Yes, it's very great, very long. <laughs> so uh, it's fair to say, and it's really, again, coming back to this point, it's certainly hard to compare media, but um, if Squirrel Girl's an A, would you say as a novel this is this is an A or not quite reaching those heights? I'd say it's a... B plus, A minus. Okay. All right. Still a good grade. Yeah, good grade. Uh, you're a certain teacher dad would not be upset if a certain co-host kid came home with a B plus or an A minus on the report card. Like a show. Some some learning, some effort yeah. there. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you want to say about these books? No. Um, I mean, well, no. Recommended? Good. Recommended. Check them out. I wonder um, if there are people who yes. are just less into comics, but maybe into novels. Yeah. Do you think that this might be a, a good lure to get somebody yeah. into something like Squirrel Girl? I, I think so. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the recommendation. Once again, that was The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. First book called Squirrel Meets World. Second one called Too Fuzzy, Too Furious, written by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale. Um, and brought to you by... Sorry. I'm scanning for the publisher right now because always just got to shout out the publisher. Mm. <laughs> but brought to you by Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Marvel Press, an imprint of Disney Book Group. <laughs> okay, Owned, I'm yeah. sure, by, by this conglomerate or that. Hyperion, I think, is the uh, book publishing arm of that, that business, at least at that time. Well, super cool. Um, so I think we uh, want to recommend to... Fans of Squirrel Girl and not yet fans alike. Yes. Uh, these books. And also join us in uh, hashtag, uh, what was it? Squirrel Girl Squirrel, Boops the Marvel Squirrel Universe. Squirrel Girl Boops the MCU. <laughs> Boop. Come on, Foggy. Yeah, All right. We know you listen to this podcast, too, along right. with my podcast. That's right. And everybody else who listens to us who has a podcast, let's make it a thing. Yeah. All right. Um, like it on... Trending. <laughs> trending. Yeah. I don't have social that, that media social yet. That social media site, <laughs> trending.com. <laughs> I don't have social media yet, okay? You uh, should be lucky. Soon I won't be so innocent and sheltered. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> yes, you do not know what is a TikTok. All right. So yeah, let's... I like it on trending. <laughs> trending. <laughs> a new app. Trending. Trending. <laughs> One day I'm going to start an app called Trending, and you'll all see. Oh, is that like that other site? Cool stuff? Coolstuff.com? <laughs> oh, yeah. Dad. All right. Let's switch gears, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, we read a new graphic novel together that we um, we pretty we pretty much both enjoyed, I think, right? Yeah. All right. Well, this one is called um, Invisible. And it just came out from Scholastic's graphics imprint. And um, uh, it is written by Christina 
Diaz Gonzalez, who is a YA writer who's written a variety of YA books, including The Red Umbrella, is the one that I have um, in my classroom library. And Gabriela Epstein is an artist who has been involved in some of the graphic novel adaptations of The Babysitter's Club, yeah. which we are big fans of. Um, in fact, we're looking right now at a page of original art from <laughs> yep. Benedict Telgemeier from one of those one of those earlier books. But um, Gabriela Epstein drew um, Claudia and the New Girl and Goodbye Stacy Goodbye for um, for the, that series. And uh, this, this is a cool art style, yeah? Yeah, I like this art style. Yeah. Uh, do you, what do you want to say about this book? What stands out in your memory for, uh, uh, of what Invisible is all about? Uh, I think it was a good book. I think... Uh, the, the, I don't know how to summarize. <laughs> I did it again. I made you summarize. <laughs> I used all my energy on Squirrel Girl. Well, that's okay. It's, I, think I don't, it's, I you, don't you, summarize. You just go, Dad, Dad. I'm play. throwing you the ball. You carry us for this round. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what, that's what you do in sports. You carry the ball for a round. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I will pet co-host Dashiell. Okay. Invisible <laughs> is about five kids at a middle school who uh, find themselves um, clustered for, together. For let's say racist reasons, <laughs> basically, they're five kids who, um, and we kind of meet them through the point of view of Jorge, who's one of the, oh, I should say George, who's one of the five kids. I did it. I made the same mistake. So his name is George Rivera, um, and he goes by George, but you know, uh, by the spelling, uh, people kind of assume that he he would want to go by Jorge, and um, it's interesting because they seem to be living in a town that has. Uh, maybe fewer Spanish-speaking um, mm-hmm. people. Um, school in town we go to has a lot of Spanish-speaking kids, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a school that has fewer of them, and the uh, principal and people at the school seem to think that they should all be involved in the same uh, 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 community service activity, which is to show up early to school and have to help out the um, the person, the cafeteria uh, worker, who is not nice. <laughs> Yeah. This is a very unfriendly lunch lady. Yes, uh, just... Yes, just no. not cool. Uh, anyway, they kind of get thrown together, and I think what's great about Invisible is um, it's kind of about kids uh, who uh, come from Latin American countries, so they're Latino or Latina or Latine or Latinx um, kids who um, are very different from each other. And it's a reminder that... You might come from similar cultural backgrounds, and in a, a white-dominant America, you might people might assume that there's just similarities about you, but actually, there's a lot of differences in between, let's say, people from East Asia, right, from, from each other, or people from Latin America, as is the case with these kids. Some of them uh, grew up mostly in the U.S., and even though George speaks Spanish, he is definitely more comfortable in English. And meanwhile, there's other kids, Dayara, um, Nico, Miguel, Sara, who are more or less um, English proficient and more or less kind of um, comfortable with school or, you know, rebellious or good kids or whatever. Um, but the main plot of the story, and I'm finding it very hard to make my summary short. So I'm... <laughs> 
I'm giving myself an F on the task of summarizing. <laughs> but let me get summary report card. Summer report cards. Summer report cards. No, don't even talk about summer report cards. No, that's too no. tough to hear <laughs> as we get ready to go back to school next week. All right, so my summary report card is an F because I'm going on super long. Uh, what happens is as they're doing their community service, helping out the cafeteria person, they uh, are outside and uh, run across a little kid and um, her mom and to find out that they are living in, in a van. And so they, they start to try to help them out, you know, mm-hmm. help out this, uh, this family and, uh, and, and kind of get in trouble for it a little bit. So that's kind of what the story is about. It's about these five kids uh, telling the story from their different points of view as they've been called into the principal's office and kind of explaining how they got to know each other um, or were forced to and how they helped out this, uh, this young uh, unhoused family. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about this co-host kid? I think it was good. Yes. Yeah. It, it was fun and it was sweet and... Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about a way to help us get specific about these books is that we could talk about what I will call the yays, the blaze, and the mess. <laughs> <laughs> the yays being the things that we really liked about a story. It could be the art. It could be the tension. It could be the horror. Because we're really into scary stories. Just kidding. We're really? Not. We're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It could be uh, just some portion of the plot or something we could really relate to. And then the bless will be the not-so-great things about a book. And the mess will be the things that were like, meh, that was okay. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Will you think about what your yay, bleh, and meh might be for this book? Sure. Okay, and I can share some of mine. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. My first yay is yay for a book that really shows real diversity. Like this weekend, you hung out with a group of your friends. Mm -hmm. And even though all those friends could be said to come from different parts of Asia, you are all very, very different. You know, different personalities, different parents, Mm -hmm. different family backgrounds, different preferences, uh, all kinds of things. And I think it's cool that this book um, makes visible something that can be invisible, which is the differences within um, different kinds of groupings that people may put kids into. Mm-hmm. So that's a yay for me. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I think a yay for me is, even though I don't speak Spanish, um, that a majority of the book is in Spanish with English translations, yeah. which uh, we didn't mention, so if you weren't reading this book, you wouldn't know. Yeah. I think that's really cool, even though I don't speak Spanish, and it was really awkward for me having to read it out loud when Daddy was speaking Spanish, uh. and me not knowing how to pronounce the words, so I just have to say it in English or <laughs> stumble over the words and worry about being offensive. Well, I think you did great, and I think it was, I totally agree that that's the cool thing about the book. Because it's not like, here's the book in English, and now you have to look down at the bottom of the page for a translation. It's like two word balloons right next to each other, Mm -hmm. right? And so it was very like, oh, 
if I understand the Spanish, I'll just read the Spanish. If I understand the English, I'll just read the English. Or possibly switching back and forth between them, which is what we did when we read together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very cool yay. Um, any other yays? Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah. I think for me, another yay would just be the art. Yeah. I really like Gabriella Epstein's style. And by the way, Lark Pien also does the colors on this book. And Lark Pien is the colorist of a whole bunch of comics that we really like too. The Sunny series, um, American Born Chinese, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, any meh parts of the book for you? Um, I don't know. I think um, the story was a little bit harder to follow because hmm. it kept switching points of view yeah i think that's that's also something that made it cool but mm -hmm. it did make it a little harder to follow yeah that's interesting i was actually gonna say the very same thing and i think i think this might be a yay for me except i can imagine that so usually stories that switch points of view and have different characters tell the story are really cool to me because then you really get to see different people's perspectives and some of the way that somebody might be kind of misunderstood, they get a chance to kind of tell their own side of the story. It's really great for like building understanding and empathy and caring for all the characters and they certainly use that really well in this book too. Uh, but the, the thing that makes it a little bit of a meh for me is that I wish that the story was actually a little bit less clean, where it's sort of like one character, okay, the next character, okay, the next character, and then you go through the five, and yeah. that's kind of the whole story. Yeah. And actually, that probably made it less confusing, in that if you're switching back and forth all the time, it would just be super confusing. But, I, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, even kind of jump around or show the same scene from two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Which they do a little bit of, like there's a little overlap in their stories, but yeah. but you could just do a lot with that trick, that tool. Um, mm -hmm. I that, agree. You know, especially when you, you can do like different kinds of visual cues or signs of changing perspectives. But overall, I think it's actually a, a really well used device. The shifting narrators. Yeah, I think it was cool. <laughs> You're slightly distracted right now because our third co-host is uh, looking for some uh, some affection. So don't worry, co-host kid. You can be excused for... Mm. <laughs> co-host Dasho for... wants pets now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, then maybe unless you think of something, we don't have to go over any bless. I would yeah. say for this book, not a lot of bless for me. Yeah, I think it's a pretty blessless book. Blessless. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one thing that I would say about the book is um, uh, I actually really like uh, pretty much everything about it. I think it's really great for middle grade readers. Uh, I, I think uh, just being able to talk about difference um, and sort of like real diversity is is really cool. I thought the, the depiction of the characters and the school was pretty fair. Um, I, I think that there there are hints and allusions to their background stories um of each of the kids and their situations and we get to see scenes with them and their families and that's all super cool too mm -hmm. oh um i thought of like a bleh or maybe okay. a meh sure 
Um, I think the plot line of like them all having their own like secrets yeah. could have been stretched a little bit further. Yeah. Because it felt a little like, wait, is that that what? Yeah. yeah. So I think they could have spent a couple more pages on that. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what I was leading to. I think that's so smart. Um, and, you know, I honestly think maybe some of me wanting that is that this is maybe a book that's really great for, I would say, third to sixth grade readers. I think maybe seventh, eighth grade readers might still really like it. But I just want it to be a seventh, eighth, ninth grade book. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I want it to just tackle some of those things a little bit more but it doesn't have to be i think it's really good for what it is and i should just be happy with that but i guess it's just a matter of i wish there were more stories like this that were for the um kind of that age range and in graphic novel and comics form. yeah yeah but that's not a complaint about this book so much as a as just wanting more books like this um out there for mm -hmm. for students yeah um but our cool. i guess our, our kudos to the creators it's a good yep. book I've, I've never understood what that kudos oh. means. What? You know, I first heard it as the name of a candy bar. And so from then on, when I heard people giving kudos, I just pictured them handing them a candy bar, <laughs> which is pretty great, actually. I mean, I mean that's know. not a bad representation. That's, not, that's a pretty good uh, prize. If, I, if yeah. somebody said, you did a great job, here's a chocolate bar. I'd be like, okay. Okay. I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> Depends on what kind of chocolate. Well, Kudos was pretty good, as I remember. Ooh. I don't even know if it's still around. Is Kudos still around? I. You know what? No idea. Sounds like we have to do some I, research. I've never heard of it, but I've never heard of a lot of things. Yeah. Let's, let's do some research. We'll find a candy section. Look for some Kudos. If it's there, definitely need to buy it and try it. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel like it sounds like it has to do something with karate. Oh yes, yeah. That's a it's a uh, yeah classic. I do the kudos with my katanas. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like the same kind of syllables. Yeah, that no, they I, use that makes with, sense. Like, karate moves or karate. What is the etymological item. origin of kudos? <laughs> we'll come back to you. Any listeners out there know? Let us know. Yep, and if you know, know the candy bar is still out there, uh, send us a box. Yeah. Send us all of them. <laughs> all all the ones that exist in the world. The comics of Because that is the kind of re re uh, listeners we have. That's right. That's right. Um, well, well, speaking... I suppose readers, too, because comic syllabus is a... It is also a substack. Substack. Well, thank you for reminding me to promote comicsyllabus.substack.com and we also live at multiversitycomics.com where there are all kinds of cool co comics podcasts and right. and um, articles and interviews and previews and all kinds of horseshoes, um, horseshoes. kids, teens in between story and greens alright well why don't we talk about some of the other stuff that you and I have been reading and or watching and or uh, listening to lately co-host kid Sure. Okay. Um, I've been reading, catching up on some Marvel comics. Yes. I don't know why I said catching up. Yeah, all right. We, I have to admit, I've been uh, a bad uh, co-host dad because I just let you install the Marvel Unlimited app on your <laughs> iPad. Like, just now. Yeah, like today. After months of, Dad, can I borrow your iPad so I can read Marvel Unlimited? Like, finally, I was just like, uh, why don't you just download it on your iPad? And then 
Boom. I was gone that <laughs> Boom. You stopped talking to us. You stopped answering <laughs> yeah, just, when we called. Huh? No no more huh? eating. <laughs> just re- huh? So what have you been enjoying huh? in the Marvel Unlimited app? Well, um, the first off, I started rereading the unbelievable Gwenpool run. Ah. Um, drawn by Guru Hero, at least part of it, mm-hmm. and written by Christopher Hastings. 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 I um, yes. I don't know if that's for the entire series. I think so, but I think so. Um, most almost all of it. Yeah, it, yeah, because I just have the first issue credits here. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you would definitely recognize the style of Guru Hero, the yes. the artist pair from uh, from Japan, whose style is just really one of our favorite artists. They uh, <laughs> we've had this running gag commentary that we we call them they, but not because they uh, use they them pronouns individually. I think I'm not sure actually, but Maybe. but because they are an artist pair, and then we we keep joking that they're Guri. And Hiro. <laughs> One of them is Guri. The, the artist. Guri and Hiro. No, no, no. Guri Hiro is just what? I don't know why. That's their collective <laughs> name. Um, they also... Um, cool name. They also, I think, just kind of interweave, as far as I know, different steps in their uh, their artistic process. Oh, it would be amazing to have to, to be able to watch them yeah. draw together and create together. Because it, it? it's a really... It's a really awesome style i I love the style it just it's very cute yes and like it's a asian looking style too yes yes which is kind of what i like sort of anime ish yeah but also a little influenced by which direction are we? <laughs> Western. Western culture. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what I thought. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's what what I think is so cool about their style is that you sometimes see artists who can draw cute, and then you mm-hmm. see other artists who are like really good at storytelling, expressiveness, yeah. acting, like you know, um, you know, like the the proportions, the mm-hmm. perspectives, all tight and solid. Yeah. They can do it all. You yeah. know, like color, light and shadow, everything. Storytelling, they can it's, do it all. It's it's almost like there are two people. It's <laughs> They're so good, it's almost as if it were two creative brains. Yeah, it's <laughs> And it's in fact, they were. <laughs> you asked me a question earlier this evening where you're like, can you tell which part is which one? <laughs> which part is Guri and which part is Hero? <laughs> and I was like, I think they overlap on those steps of the drawing process. And I was or, like... Oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> we were like, maybe one of them draws the faces and the other one draws the butts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, I said, I would hate to be the one who draws the butts. And Daddy said, it might be easier. And I said, easier? Yes, but at what cost? <laughs> Everybody who meets you, oh, you're a good hero. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the, the butt one. <laughs> I just draw the butts. Oh, I think your butts are fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your butts. <laughs> uh, but no, as far as I know, they, they work together. So, sorry, Gwenpool. Yes. <laughs> so you've been reading Gwenpool. The, is it, what is it called? Unbelievable? Uh, the Unbelievable oh, Gwenpool. Who is uh, a fourth wall breaking combination of, of, um, of Deadpool and uh, Gwen. Gwen Stacy. 
Spider Gwen, whatever. Yes. Um, very funny. Well, kind of yes, kind of no. Just uh, yeah. read the comic. It's read the comic. Very confusing. It is. I would not recommend it for anyone younger than me because yeah. I think a lot and <laughs> my brain works too much. Yes. And that helped a lot. Yes. In this series. Yes. And. It still kind of broke my brain. <laughs> it's, it's very meta meta. Meta meta yes. meta. meta. Um, but funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, anything else you want to say about the Unbelievable Gwenpool? Uh, no. But okay. I also read the miniseries. I reread the Gwen, uh, Gwenpool miniseries called Gwenpool Strikes Back. Uh huh. By. Leah Williams mm. and drawn by David Baldeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baldeon. Baldeon. Yeah, that's a pair that um, has worked together on a variety of Marvel projects, mm. including a couple of X books, X Men books, and stuff. They're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Leah Williams, and David Baldeon's. Uh, what is it called? Gwenpool. Strikes Back. Strikes Back. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's. I don't think I read that one. I think I read a few volumes of the uh, Christopher Hastings uh, Guri Hero run. But, uh, um, and then, uh, in addition to reading Gwenpool, you've also been, uh, let's just say, unceasingly reading, like almost like you're a little fly in the wall, like very quiet. You've been unceasingly a fly on the wall. Sorry, go ahead. Tell us what you've been reading. <laughs> so I've been, um, t- to make all of Daddy's nonsense make sense, which, um, well, that's uh, a tricky task. But I've been reading, for the first time, uh, The Unstoppable Wasp. Yes. Um, it's not um, the original Wasp, mm-hmm. um, but... It's not, what is it, something <laughs> Van Dyne? It's not... Janet Van Dyne? Yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, Nadia? Nadia Van Dyne. Nadia Van Dyne, okay. Who is the granddaughter? Daughter? Uh, daughter of Hank Pym. Hank Pym, okay, but, got it. Yeah. Okay. But not by Janet. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, and, and so two runs of this? Yes, there are series, two runs of this series. Yes, yeah, tell us about them. Uh, the first one is written by Jeremy Whitley. Mm-hmm, Jeremy Whitley. And drawn by Elsa Sherrick. Charitier? Yeah, pretty Charitier? good. Charitier? I think Charitier. she's French, so I think it's Charitier. Charitier. <laughs> I don't know why there was an ah sound in there. <laughs> but she's a phenomenal artist. And Jeremy Whitley's pretty pretty great writer. No slouch. So that was the first volume of The Unstoppable Wasp. Uh, yes. It was a miniseries, right? Written as a uh, miniseries? Yes. Eight, yeah. uh, eight issues. issues. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have that one. And then there was trade. this... There was a second one, mm-hmm. uh, second The Unstoppable Wasp, mm-hmm. same title. Yes. Um, the, um, uh, it was written by Jeremy Whitley mm-hmm. and drawn also by Guru Hero. Oh, both of them? Yeah. Guri and Hero? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Faces and butts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the second volume, Unstoppable Wasp, you again know, written I, by Jeremy Whitley. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. I'm a huge fan of Guri's butts. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know if Guri or Hero draws the butts. Make sure you but... tell them that when you meet them. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Jeremy Whitley uh, is a great sense of humor. Do you know what Jeremy Whitley, I think, wrote? Mm-hmm. Oh, what is it called? Do you remember reading Princeless? It was like about like princesses, but who didn't need a prince, you know? I don't know if you read that. I don't is know if I read one? that. I think that's by Jeremy Whitley. Mm. Anyway, um, Ensemble Wasp. Great fun. Yeah. Lots of good Guru Hero comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel. Man, Guru Hero is everywhere. Yes. It's almost like they're two people. It's almost like they're two people. <laughs> Guru and Hero. <laughs> One well, draws the heads, well, that's, one draws the heads. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, so what we've learned today is, to summarize, summarize in about 12 minutes, uh, what is, we've learned today. I hope Gary Hero never listens to this podcast. Uh, but Fe- Kevin Feige does. Yes, he um, does, definitely. <laughs> I think, uh, oh, so what have I, what else have we, you know what, how about some things we've been watching? Sure. We've watched a light year a couple times. Yes. That's a good that's a good one. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I you know, it got a little bit uh panned by some people mm-hmm. and meaning negative reviews. And I think it was maybe like rotten tomato bombed by people who didn't like certain things about it because they're ignorant dummies. Uh <laughs> I mean, I think other people had valid critiques, but yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought I it was really good. I loved Lightyear. I'll take Captain America as Buzz Light Buzz Lightyear any day. <laughs> Um, that was a good movie. I like that. Yeah. No spoilers, but also if you heard a noise in the background, that's our third co-host. Third host, co-host once again trying to contribute Dasho. to the podcast. Um, yeah, he's, <laughs> we <laughs> he's he's normally not this interrupty, but like mm-hmm. he just wants he, to play. Yeah, he wants to be in the podcast. He wants <laughs> and, to be famous. And then we also have been. Can can I say it? I've been trying to lure you and uh, Mama into watching Bluey. Mm-hmm. Which is so fun. If you haven't watched this show on Netflix, y'all, it definitely is a show for kids. But it's one of those shows for kids that, as an adult, you can thoroughly enjoy. In fact, even laugh at and be touched and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that's some of what we've been reading and, and watching. Um, uh, it looks like our third co-host is eager to get our attention. Yeah. So maybe we'll sign off at this point. Yeah. All right. So actually, brief programming note. What we're doing on the comic syllabus is every other week, co-host Kid and I will be reading uh, and talking about comics syllabus for kids, teens, and in-betweens. Yeah. Comic syllabus for KTI, as we're calling it. KTI. That's right. And then... T. And we're going to release these on their own feed. So if you want to listen to just this, because you're just interested... In graphic novels and comics for kids, teens, and in-betweens, you can subscribe to this particular feed. I'll put a link in the um, in the show notes. Then, uh, if you want to also find the Infinite Unlimited, which is where I talk about stuff on Marvel Unlimited and on DCU Infinite uh, and on Hoopla, you can also find a link to that. Um, and that one is... Not comics that are just for kids. They're comics for different ages, all ages. Um, and I will talk about graphic novels and stuff like that there as well. And sometimes stuff will just show up on the comic syllabus, main comic syllabus feed. And that's just looking at graphic novels and comics from um, different perspectives. Yes. Yeah. And you that's... Know, go ahead. You never... You say all ages, but like nothing's ever really written for like elderly people. Mm. I think there should be more books specifically written for elderly people. Well, like, 
the truth is there are things written for elderly people and you never see them <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> they're all hidden it's true it's true rarely does a book successfully uh, market itself by going for old people <laughs> because nobody wants to say I'm picking up this book because I'm an old person <laughs> you know it'll be things like how to uh, ease your back pain or you know saving for retirement uh, these are books by the way that I checked out from the library this week <laughs> yeah so nothing against elderly people Not who made these books this is me um, alright co-host kid it's been fun thank you so much yep alright do you want to say the tagline for the comic syllabus alright Thanks, everyone, for listening to Comic Syllabus. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Also, yes, I remembered that from last time. Good job, me. High five. We didn't practice that. (laughs) All right, see you next time. Bye.